0: It is critical for us in the New Testament church to understand that God speaks to each of us today through Jesus Christ who lives in us through the Holy Spirit of God so that he may lead us and guide us and teach us and show us what to do as we live on this earth. You probably haven't been taught these things at your churches. I never was taught this at the churches that I attended. But it is critical, critical. Otherwise, you may be out there stumbling around, following the wisdom of men, seeking your wisdom from men, and going in wrong way for the way of men is very uh, often exactly opposite from the way of God as a new Christian in 1975 God began teaching me these things he showed me two sections of Scripture to teach me about the Holy Spirit and what to expect From the work of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. John chapter 14 verse 26. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And remind you of everything Jesus has said to you. Why is that so important? We're going along in life a certain direction, and it's the wrong direction, but we don't know that. It may even be a direction in the Bible and not be the right direction for us to go. For to everything there's a season. There's a time to give and a time to withhold. And you may be giving when you should be withholding. Now, preachers will preach the opposite because they want you to give to them. But there is a time to hold back in what you do. They may be telling you to go out and visit the sick. They may be putting lists of things on the bulletin board for you to sign, to be involved in. That is the way of man to go about the things of God, and it won't work. It, it actually can do harm. You have to follow the Holy Spirit of God. So you're walking along in your house and all of a sudden you remember a scripture. That is the Holy Spirit reminding you of a scripture. You can look into that scripture and see the way to go. You can see how to correct yourself. You can see how... To go forward by that scripture. If you take that scripture and thoroughly work through it, doing it, you enter into the path of God and the blessings of God. That is the way the Holy Spirit works. That's the way God designed the Holy Spirit to work. John 14:26 and also John 16:13. In John 16 13 it says Holy Spirit guides us into all truths and shows us things to come. If you need to know something is coming, God will reveal it to you by His Spirit. It may be revealed to you by a dream, it could be revealed to you by an open vision. I had an open vision concerning a young man who had ALS. He was a member of the body of Christ. He had become totally paralyzed. God gave me an open vision about David, and he showed him totally healed. He showed him on a gol- showed me David on a golf course, and he was jumping up and down and waving his arms. Come on, come on. It's great here was what he was saying to us David went before us one of the church members at David's church said don't you think that means David is going to be healed I said David is dying but it shows that his spirit is okay that is a comfort to the church I copied that off and mailed it to his wife and her two children and it suggested she have it read at David's funeral. He lived 600 miles from where I lived at that time. Open visions are given to help us. Paul reported seeing an angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord told Paul that the ship that he was sailing on would be wrecked, but all of the lives would be spared. And Paul went to the captain of the ship and told him that the angel of the Lord had appeared before him and told him this. We don't know whether the angel appeared in bodily form as a man. Angels sometimes appear as men. Sodom and Gomorrah, they appeared as men. Two, two men came in to Sodom and Gomorrah, but they were actually angels sent to destroy Solomon and Gomorrah. We have many accounts in the New Testament Bibles where angels appeared. One appeared to Peter when he was in prison and told him to get up. And the chains fell off of Peter's hands. And the angel led Peter outside the prison and then the angel disappeared. Peter thought he was seeing a vision and then he realized it was from God to get him out of the prison because Herod was going to kill him. That's in the book of Acts. Angels are used by God to deliver messages. I had an experience as a new Christian with what I believe to have been an angel of God delivering a message. I had been a Christian for four years and by that time, God had shown me I was a minister of God. And I owned a business at that time. I had been persuaded to close my business on July 31st, 1979, to, so to speak, go into the ministry. Yet I had no place to go to earn a living. But I sold the merchandise from my business and could live on that merchandise which was, at that time, I had $22,000 from the sale of the merchandise. I knew I could go several months and pay my expenses and my apartment rent just from the sale of the merchandise, so I wasn't under any form of stress. I just didn't know how God could work this out, but I was just sitting there at my apartment all day I went to church and I went to a prayer group. And otherwise, I read the Bible and did what I saw to do. And every day, I read the Bible and did what I saw to do. During that period of time, God had told me not to go to plays and not to go to football games and not to do the secular things. And I didn't do them. I was so isolated at my apartment and this shows how isolated I was. I had been with my parents and one of the workers from our business on a buying trip in New Mexico. We were driving along, and someone mentioned Jimmy Carter. And I said, who's Jimmy Carter? And They were shocked. They all, they all looked at me. They said, well, he's just been elected President of the United States and I had never heard of him. I was that isolated to God because he had called me to do a work and he was teaching me by the Bible. So I simply did the things that I believed he showed me to do during that period of time and I waited. There was no place for me to go to work. The calling of God on my life is apostle prophet. If it had been evangelist, pastor, or teacher, there might have been places to go and earn a salary at a church. But even the churches who profess to believe in apostle prophet being in the church don't have them, usually. And certainly they're not paid. Ephesians chapter 4, after Jesus arose, he gave to the church Apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So those are the ministry offices in the church, but they have eliminated apostle prophet from the church churches. But God has not eliminated them. And those were the two offices that I was appointed to in the church by God. So I was just waiting there at my apartment. From July 31st, 1979, when I closed my business, from that time, for the next six months, I waited. There was nowhere to go. January 10th. 1980, in the night, a very loud trumpet-like voice awoke me and spoke three words into my ear. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad. I didn't want to get those letters mixed up. I felt... They were probably call letters to either radio or television. That morning, I found out they were radio call letters. And I said to God, are you showing me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm a writer, not a speaker. I instantly heard the following words in the form of a thought brought to my mind. This was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Call the radio station manager. I believe at that moment it was an angel who spoke the words Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. It was a very powerful voice, like a trumpet. But the thought that was brought to me, called the radio station manager, I believe was the Holy Spirit. It was a very gentle thought. Since that time, 40 years ago, I have heard many times from the Holy Spirit. It is not a driving Thought like, you've got to do this, you've got to do it, you've got to do it now, you're going to be late. It's not that kind of thing. That's a devil. The voice of the Holy Spirit leads you. The voice of the Holy Spirit is gentle and filled with wisdom. In fact, the Holy Spirit's job is to search the heart of God, to reveal to each of us. The things God has planned for us so that we may follow him. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We can see by this that the apostle Paul spoke by the Spirit of God. He didn't speak by the cleverness of man. Each of us could be clever. We could go out and hunt some clever saying as we spoke to people or wrote to people. So they would consider us to be clever. But there's no power of God in clever sayings of men. And Apostle Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Apostle Paul was not going to speak of the places in Jerusalem that Jesus visited or the streets he might have walked upon or the tomb of Jesus. That will bring no power to you. Those are fleshly things. He was going to speak of the crucified Christ who is the Word of God. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God howbeit we speak wisdom unto among them that are perfect the church the ones who are born again yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. One of the hidden wisdoms that Paul told us about is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Not all will die. There's a saying of this world that only thing sure in this world is death and taxes, And people feel very clever when they say that. But Paul says, not all will die. When Jesus comes to gather the church, some will still be alive on this earth. He will gather first the dead in Christ. He does it with a shout. He shouts, the trumpet of God sounds, the dead in Christ rise and they rise to meet Jesus in the air. Then he comes for those in Christ who are still alive on this earth. Paul even calls this a mystery. I show you a mystery. He also said the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15. He told us that he showed us a mystery that we will be changed we will be changed out of these physical bodies and we will no longer have the physical bodies we now have. But in the blink of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed into our spiritual bodies. And our spiritual bodies are not subject to pain or emotion or sorrow or tears because that's where All of these things come as a physical body. If we didn't have these physical bodies, we would have no pain. We would have no illness. There would be no death. That comes by the physical body. The new spiritual body will have none of those. So we have that to look forward to. So he spoke of wisdom from God. And he even spoke mysteries from God. In verse 9, Paul said, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Here, Paul is revealing another mystery. It's written that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. People often say you can't know the things of God. Well, that's not true because the Spirit of God reveals to us the things which God has prepared for us. We know them by his Spirit, who brings them to our mind. Verse 10, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Have you ever tried to share something God has told you with someone at your church group and have them just stare at you? They don't get excited, they just stare at you. And then they walk away. Or then they give it a sufficient time to be decent and they tell you some worldly story or about some TV show they saw last night. If you've ever had that happen, you understand what Paul's talking about here. They can't understand the spiritual things because they don't have the spirit, although they attend the church. They do it by their own will. They were not put there by God. You were put there by God because he gave you information which caused you to be born again. But they did not have that experience. And so you try to share with them, and they just stare at you, basically hoping that you'll stop talking about things of God so they can go on and talk about something of this world. The Apostle John told us that's exactly how we would know the difference between the people who are really of God and those who are of the world. 1 John 4.4 We are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. When you try to tell someone at your church group something God has shared with you, and that person just stands there and makes no comment, shows no delight in that word or what happened. We are to know that person is not of the Spirit of God. Every day we print a a Bible chapter in our writings. One woman in our church group even told me that she read the scriptures but she read them rather rapidly to try to get to something that was more interesting. She eventually left us. If the Word of God is not exciting to you, you're just going through a motion to try to fulfill the minimum requirements as to what you think a Christian is supposed to do. If you are of God, the things of God are exciting to you. The stories of God are exciting to you. The scriptures are exciting to you. And that's the way we know which ones are of God. And a person can start out of God and be on fire for things of God. But after 30 or 40 years or so, that person can grow cold. Jesus speaks about that in Revelation. He calls them lukewarm, and he will spew them out of his mouth. They grow cold because they spend so much time in television and things of this world and shopping and focusing on things of this world that it overwhelms them. So we're warned about this, especially at the end times. Because Jesus says in Matthew twenty four, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures until the end, the same shall be saved. So the three words were spoken to me, Hartford, Seattle, K W J S, and I was told by the Holy Spirit, call the radio station manager. I did the same, I did that that morning. I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me. And if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations on radio. Exhortations for the church on radio. So you see, God had a place for me in the ministry. I just didn't know where it was. I knew my calling, Apostle-Prophet. I knew it wasn't going to work in the organized church as we know them because they don't even know what Apostles and Prophets do. Even if they do believe there's Apostle-Prophets there, often they don't know what they do, especially Apostles. It's not a paid, salaried job. You're not going to earn a living there. But God had a place for me. He put me on radio. I spent about four and a half years on, on radio. Then I continued writing materials for the radio audience and sending them by U.S. mail. Internet came along, and then I switched over to email. And then in the, in uh, March twenty. 12, God gave me a dream showing me to start a blog, which we did, and following the blog around 2015, I was shown to start writing books on Amazon, which it cost us no money to get a book published on Amazon. They had free book service, which every month you could offer a certain number of free books, all over the world. And then the next thing that came along were podcasts. And God gave a word podcast to Pam Padgett. He gave me a dream confirming to do the podcast. So we began podcast in February 2020. See, God has a place for the ministry to operate, but it may not be in a church building because they have become so rigid and traditional that they may not open the door for the ministry that God has given you. But God will make it clear to you, if he's called you to a ministry, he will make it clear to you what to do, where to do it, how to do it, just as he did to me. Shortly after I was born again, I was taken into heaven twice. I saw no images. This was a spiritual experience, much like the kind of experience will be when we are removed from this earth in our spiritual bodies and taken into heaven to meet Jesus in the clouds. It was that type of experience. I was taken into heaven in the night, transported into heaven in the night, I was with God, I was with Christ, I was with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, the Word of God, with God and the Holy Spirit observing, witnessing. I was made one with the Word of God. Well, I was on fire for things of God after I awoke the next morning. I owned a business at the time, but my business didn't matter at all to me. The only thing I cared about was going to church, delivering the words that God had given me to the church, going to a prayer group, and reading the Bible. Things of God. That's all I cared about. This went on for the next four years that I went to church, but I was taken into heaven twice. I had no idea what this meant. At the time it happened, I thought this happened to every Christian. When I found out it didn't happen to every Christian, I still didn't know what it meant. Except in a book that I was reading, the author said sometimes when God has called you to do a work, there will be some type of special happening in your life. And I thought maybe that had to do with the two times I was taken into heaven. Later, I came to see, or to believe, that these two times were ordaining me by God into the two ministry offices that I had been given, the office of apostle prophet. A man's gifts from God make him known to the church. If you are called to the church to care for the church you are going to have certain gifts from God, spiritual gifts and when you share those gifts they identify you to the church. Pam Padgett in our church group has a spiritual gift of helps you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 at the end of the chapter. Start at verse 28. And God hath set some in the church. He set some of the church in the church to care for the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Pam is set in the body of Christ and given the spiritual gifts of helps. How did it come forth? It manifests itself in her daily life. She had a neighbor who was 78 or so or in his 80s, maybe, and she began helping him. She would go over on days when the snow came and put his newspaper in the house. She, when he became to the point where he couldn't do his laundry, she would go over and do his laundry. She would help get, let the man in who delivered his groceries. She visited with Jim, um, almost, well, I guess almost daily. Then when he would fall as he got even older, and he would call her, she of course would go over immediately and help him up, get some neighbors to help him up, or call the ambulance come over, the medical people to help him up. She helped him the rest of his life on this earth. When he had to go to assisted living, she went over and took things to him and visited with him and saw that he had what he needed and talked to the nurses if she felt some care was not being properly given to him. She did this with another neighbor. This neighbor lived with her daughter who taught tennis at the Air Force Academy, but the daughter was gone quite a bit and she would go over and help this woman until she died. Then she ended up with me in her house after I became older. I share Pam's house. I have a bedroom in her house. But she does even more with me because when God told me to start a blog, I immediately called Pam for help. I could do the writing, but I had no idea how to start a blog the technical work but Pam at that time was a retired computer programmer for FedEx so she understood computers I said to Pam God has shown me to start a blog could you set that up for us she said well I don't know anything about blogs but I think I could and certainly if she had not been able to she could have found someone at FedEx to help her But she was able to set it up. Within three days, the blog was set up, operating, and I was writing on it, and messages were going all over the world on the blog. Then came the books, and she could set up all the technical work on Amazon to get the books published. And then came the podcasts. She could set up all the technical work on podcasts. She could contact the Uh, support people and work through problems, which I couldn't have done because I don't even know the computer language to speak to the technical people. But she has all of it. So she has this gift of helps, which is critical for the work that we do. Just as I am a minister, so is Pam. It's just a different area. She ministers and helps. I minister as an apostle prophet. And here we have a whole list of things for the church. And God knows how to set each one of us into the exact place where the gift that we have been given can function. I have a gift of word of knowledge. And very often God will show me information about someone who is ill or someone who is dying like David, and I present that to the appropriate people. I attended a church in Dallas for a few years, Word of Faith. Robert Tilton was pastor. I went to the Bible class that met before the church assembly met. At that Bible class, the man who taught it, every time we met, he said, Does anyone have a word from the Lord? He made place for the Holy Spirit to speak during that Bible class. I always had a word given to me by God that I shared with him. I never shared a word at the church assembly because no opening was ever given at the church assembly for anyone to give a word of knowledge. The pastor never gave any opening by asking, does anyone have a word from the Lord? But the Bible teacher always did. So you see, there could be a place for you to present a gift of the Holy Spirit, at the Bible class, even though it's not at the church assembly. So God shows you where to go, and you have an opportunity to work through the gift that you have been given, whether it's with a neighbor, whether it's in the Bible class. I went to a prayer group, and that's the first time God taught me about the way he was going to use me with word of knowledge. The women were praying, and I had my, I'm sure I had my head down with the women. They all bowed their head, and I bowed my head. I don't do that anymore. But anyway, God said to me, look up. I looked up, and on the wall, I saw outlined a stomach, I didn't know what the part of the body was. I knew it was a body part. And as they're praying, I'm praying to God myself. And I said, well, I know that's a part of the body, but I don't know what what part that is. And I heard stomach. I said, oh, yeah. I remember the old Pepto-Bismol commercials of a stomach that I'd seen on television. And I said, oh, yeah. So when they quit praying, I got up enough courage to say, does anyone have a stomach problem? One little woman jumped up and down and said, I do, I do. And I guess they prayed for her. I was so excited over how God showed me the word of knowledge that I don't remember her, the end of her story, but I suppose she was healed. But after that, I would have those words of knowledge all the time, especially during the song service. When in our little Bible class that met before the main service, the teacher would always lead us in a little song service. And as they were singing, I would be receiving words of knowledge, usually two or three. One time, he invited me to speak at his class after I had gone on radio. He invited me to speak to his Tuesday night class. He did a little song service, and I began receiving the normal words of knowledge, two or three, and then four, then five. And finally, I had to grab a piece of paper and pencil and start jotting these words of knowledge down because I received so many of them. By my recollection, I received 24 words of knowledge while they were singing. I don't even remember speaking to the class. I just remember giving the words of knowledge. This is the way God chose to work with me. He might not work with you at all the same way. Probably won't. If we read in 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, start at verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. I've shared with you how he worked with me. He might work with you totally in a totally different way, but it's the same God, the same spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But with all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to man severally as God wills. So it's all by the will of God to help the church and to edify the church. By this message today, I feel certain that some of you have been awakened to understand just wait until God shows you what to do and go there. Because in the churches today, it is so structured that even if Jesus Christ attended the Sunday morning 11 o'clock service at many churches, he would not be permitted to speak. But there are places to work. God can show you exactly what you are to do when you belong to him. And one expects him to. It's his ministry. It's Jesus' ministry. And he uses you as he wills. I never tried to copy anyone. In my case, God took me to the Bible to show me what prophets do. And then later, when he told me I was an apostle, he took me to the Bible to show me what apostles do. So he taught me what to do. I never had a pattern from a human. He taught me. And that's exactly what he'll do with you if you are called to do one of these ministries. Jesus lives inside us by the Holy Spirit. He never leaves us. He's with us 24 hours a day. He may teach us while we're sleeping. And we'll just know to do something. We may not have a word on it. We just have the word planted in our heart that's totally scriptural Hebrews chapter 8 let's go to Hebrews 8 verse 10 God says for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts God just puts it in our mind and in our heart to do something. We may not have a scripture on it. We may not have a word on it. It's just there. I've definitely had that happen to me. Actually, it happened to me concerning moving to Colorado when after I had an injury in Texas. I could no longer live alone. And I just had it put in my heart, to move to Colorado. I asked Pam Padgett, who lived in Colorado Springs, who lives in Colorado Springs, I asked her, I said, Pam, have you ever thought about me moving to Colorado? And she said, well, I did once or twice. But when that thought came, I just thought, well, Joan would never leave Texas. See, we were both had it put in our heart that I would move to Colorado. At first, I thought maybe I would be in assisted living in Colorado Springs. But it ended up I moved to her house and have been in her house for the past almost two years. It's worked out great. I'm 83 at the time of making this recording, almost 83, and I can't walk, except with a walker, but I can do all of my work here, and make these recordings, and write on the blog, and Pam publishes it, so it works out just great. It works out great for me because when there's a problem, Pam prays instead of turning to me. She doesn't lean on me. She doesn't depend on me for answers. She turns to God. Now, once in a while, she may ask me some little something about a writing that I've done. If she sees something wrong in the uh, uh, grammar or the typing or something. And I can correct it but I'm talking about a real problem we each turn to God and we share what God has shown us with each other so it works wonderfully and that's the way the body of Christ should function delighting in what God has shown the other person but at the same time you are turning to God and hearing from God and sharing What God has done in you, or told you, or how He's leading you. This is the way the body of Christ is supposed to function. It is not that one person has it all and tells all the others. It's that each part of the body functions. Paul talks about it being like the human body. The eye, where would we be without our eye? Where would the hand be without the eye? Where would the eye be without the hand? It functions together as a body and that's the way the body of Christ functions we don't see a lot of that today I'm sad to say because I've always wanted it to be that way but we have a little of it and I have lots more than I used to have because I have the opportunity to hear and see what God is doing with Pam. But the God, but the Holy Spirit is in us and will never leave us, and He guides us. A warning, and that is from Paul, who said, "Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." He told Timothy three things. He said, "Until I come back, give yourself to doctrine." Review the doctrine. Review it. The doctrines on things like divorce and remarriage, reread those. Don't be, don't feel like it's only a one-time reading. Review it, because this world has another doctrine. And if you don't watch it, it will overcome the doctrine of the Bible, because if you don't read the Bible, you may get to thinking the doctrine of the world is right. Hitler said if you tell a lie enough times, people believe it. And that's true. Unless their mind is renewed to the word of God. They're telling an awful lot of things in churches today that are contrary to what the doctrine of the word of God is printed for us in the New Testament Bible. Therefore, you have to renew your mind to the Word of God and not be conformed to the things that man says because they may not be true. Lots of times things preachers say are not true. They're not according to the New Testament Bible. So it's up to you to keep those doctrines in front of you and believe them. And Paul said to Timothy, Give yourself to doctrines, to exhortations, to revelation until I come back. Give yourselves to these things. And I always think that's sort of like till Jesus returns. So you don't know what to do that day and you're a little bored. Well, pray, of course, and ask God to fill your day. And then give yourself to the thing he brings to you. Usually, it will be reading something spiritual, whether it is a blog or whether it's a podcast, hearing it, or whether it is a a scripture, a section of scripture. But give yourself to that. And sometimes in your mind will just come some doctrine that's from devils. Paul warn, warned us in 1 Timothy 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Review the doctrines. Review the teachings on homosexuals and lesbians in Romans 1. Review the teachings on Divorce and remarriage that are throughout the Bible, especially of 1 Corinthians 7, especially Matthew five thirty-two, especially Mark 10. Review the doctrines written in the New Testament Bible. For many of these doctrines have been changed and churches are teaching another doctrine. And it is from a seducing spirit. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.